Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I... What? All right. Well, then, I guess that brings us to our last section, which is on... Love. Tell us. <laughs> so, can you elaborate a little bit? Yep. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, I guess expressing love to people, I'm not, I'm not that good at that. Oh. Well. I, uh... Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that good at that. I, I... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What happens when our culture's bookends, olders and youngers, find themselves sitting on the same shelf? And as imperfect as Zoom is, I am very grateful for it because it's allowed me to meet people like you during this time both stuck inside their rooms, their houses, their minds, an unexpected solidarity. I think that we're all on a, on a roller coaster and sometimes it flattens out and then it goes up and then it goes down. So listen in and open up as we bridge the distance between olders and youngers through their stories, secrets and sounds. This is Homebound, a dialogue for the ages. Episode four. Self-care and love. What makes you feel loved? Pardon? What makes you feel loved? Oh, okay. What makes me feel it? Um, I guess I really don't need it. Mm. It's it strange to just sound. No, I mean, that's that doesn't sound strange at all. Yeah, but I, tell I, me more about that. Yeah, <laughs> I I do need I do have I do want people to like me. I do know that, so I can't. So me saying that really doesn't doesn't make sense because um, I don't need people to love and adore me and, and that type of thing. Um, I just, I just need people to get along. Mm. That's all I want. If they don't get along with me, I want people to get along with each other. Mm. You know, that, that's all I, I, I guess I care more about other people than I really care, you know, for, for myself. Yeah. Sure, I want people to treat me right, 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 right. I guess I really don't need it. I don't take a lot of that stuff for granted, especially when it comes to the people that I really love and care about in my life. All right. Well, then, I guess that brings us to our last section, which is on self-care and love. What are some of the most impactful ways that you've shown or been shown love during your life? Um, I lost my dad my junior year of college, and it was 2015, and... That was just, it still is and remains to be, you know, the biggest change in my life that I have to navigate. You know, I have to negotiate the fact that he's not going to be there for X, Y, and Z and wasn't there for A, B, and C. (laughs) But, you know, it's, it is what it is, you know, and it's, it's something that has made me stronger in some ways. Um, It's made me appreciate little things too and the relationships that I have with people 
Um, I don't take a lot of that stuff for granted, especially when it comes to the people that I really love and care about in my life. Because um, I know that we're not going to be here forever, you know? Um, but yeah, that's probably the biggest change. And it's been difficult. <laughs> it has been difficult. But, you know, I... One thing that I know is, like, the the pro, the the level of pride that my dad had for me and how much he loved me, it's like, as soon as I start to think about it, I can feel it. And that's something that I am able to keep with me, which I'm so grateful for, like immensely grateful for. So silver linings, you know what I mean? That love, it doesn't go away. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I share a similar experience. because when I was uh, 17 and a senior in high school, I lost my mother unexpectedly. Yeah. And I took it super hard. Yeah. I kind of went into a deep, uh, well, I couldn't wait to leave home and go to college. Um, and I uh, went into deep drinking, drugging. For, for many years, and that was when it kind of took off. Yeah, it was pretty hard. So it took me a while to to find my way out of that upheaval. Um, yeah. And, you know, when people drink and drug, they're basically just trying not to feel, you know, feel the loss or the pain or the angst or whatever one is feeling. Yeah. Um, so it w- really wasn't until I was 41 that I got sober. Uh, and that was another moment in my life that from then on, you know, my life changed. So kind mm-hmm. of those two moments. My mom died, Zoom, many years later. Um, when I ended up, you know, getting sober, clean and sober. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. <laughs> Seriously. And congratulations on your sobriety. Oh, sure. It's a really beautiful thing. You know, I was thinking about this, and I couldn't think of anything I couldn't go without, as I think I could adapt to anything at this point, you know? It's like, well, you think you can't go with, well, maybe I can't go without ice cream. I understand that for sure. But, but, you know, even that I know I could do without. If, if I was tied up somewhere <laughs> away from Dairy Queen and the Schwann guy. <laughs> yes. But um, no, I'm I, thinking about this. It was like, well, if there's this and then I go, oh, I could I could deal with that. <laughs> and I've yes. dealt with so many losses that um, I 
I think I could probably handle almost anything. So I really couldn't think of anything. Is there anything you can't go? There is, I realize. Because like you said, like um, there's a lot that I know I could handle dealing without. Um, this is the 14th place I've lived, actually. Oh. And so like I have learned throughout my so far pretty short life um, that, you know, I... I can go through a lot and things can change very quickly and I'll end up being okay. I think that's one of mm-hmm. the great things about being human is how adaptable we are. Um, but something that this pandemic actually made me realize that I just can't go without is um, human interaction, interaction with other people. And especially yeah. that like physical face-to-face interaction, it's been really hard for me being on Zoom with people. Because they're on the same road I'm on. We're all fellows on the ship. We are fellowshipping daily. So when I went home the other day to see my sister has all these pictures on a wall and I see myself as a young woman and I'm going, I'm not that different. Wink, wink. You know, <laughs> we just grow and or we decide that we are growing. I had to decide I'm growing, not wider, but which I am, but uh, more compassionate to myself more compassionate to what I didn't do. So what if I didn't become a lawyer and F. Lee Bailey, who was very popular when I was young, or, or somebody that was letting people out of prison, or a great writer, which I love to write. Um, like you're saying, it's okay. I'm me. And, and I don't have to have the, the uh, accoutrements of life that are physical. I have things inside that are so, so comforting. I can understand that, though. That's... I, you know, I just find that so interesting that, like, um, we're at such different, like, stages in life, mm-hmm. but yet we're still both, like, <laughs> trying to appreciate ourselves. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, for some people, I feel like it's, e- like, so much easier, but <laughs> it's definitely not for me. And I think that we have an impression, especially in our country, that if you've got X, Y, and Z, you know, and you've got nice shoes, everything is okay. But we are all born struggling until our last breath is, uh, is taken. And I think that we can make peace with our struggles or we can continue to uh, lash out. And, and you see people like this in my age group who are very dissatisfied with the decisions that they've made. I live in a building with some people that I would like to eliminate, but you know, or but I've decided this year to love them mm-hmm. instead and to to go to them and and engage with them instead of avoiding them um, because they're on the same road I'm on, and you know we're all fellows on a ship. We're your fellows shipping daily, so. I don't want to sound like uh, Mother Teresa, but I do think we should help each other. to give and I feel like you have a lot of experience with figuring out what self-care actually looks like (laughs) so what does it look like from Beth's perspective to take care of yourself what does self-care look like Uh, 
Yeah, well, it... I feel I do do a pretty good job of self-care. You you have to you have to put your fir- yourself kind of first. Number 1 before you can do the good work that you want to do or be in a relationship, you know. I mean you really have to um like yourself before anyone else is going to be willing to like you. Um, and if you didn't grow up with that message, you know, um, then you have some work to do on that. Um, so what does self-care look like? Um, I, I try to balance my life with uh, some some good healthy food, some exercise, although I, I enjoy exercising. I'm one of those unusual people that, you know, enjoy it. It's not... Good for you. I wish um, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I make a point to laugh a lot and find humor in, in every day. And if, if I'm not laughing very much I'm rather quiet of the day my my wife can tell you're you're not feeling so good today are you or you're not yourself um Mm. but kind of seeking out you know if I can't find anything to laugh at you know getting together with somebody who's going to make me laugh you know um or watching something that's going to make me laugh because uh, laughter is good. Uh, and, yeah, making sure I'm not, you know, doing too much. I mean, there were times in my life that um, I was just doing too much. Um, yes. You know, helping this person, that person, working on this project, that project, um, working too many hours. Uh, and that's too much. Yeah. So you kind of neglect yourself, and it'll catch up with you. You know, it may be years, and you don't do anything about it. But um, so you have to kind of take time for the basics, and be yeah. able to look at your Zoom picture or in your mirror and say, "You are adorable." <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> my therapist says the same thing. Ugh. You kind of neglect yourself and it'll catch up with you. You know, it may be years and you think in order. You like, so, yes, I'm going to take care of this I want to have a family get together at my house, a real family get together, not just the inner circle. I want to have a family get together, and I know you are gonna. You probably think this is weird, but I'm gonna have a family get together, and I need folks to do their. Um, uh, oh my God! It just it just left me. You know your your paperwork when you. For a family gathering. Huh. 
For a family gathering. No, no, no. no. Like when you're getting ready to leave here, what's the documents? Oh, like a visa? No. Like when you're getting ready to pass. Oh. And you want your, their documents. Like a will and Yeah. Oh. Those ta documents. I'm going to... They don't know that, but that's what I'm going to have. I'm going to have a... Um, I told my husband I'm going to have a, a, a full course meal laid out. Everything for everyone. In order, in order for you to eat, you have to fill out these documents. <laughs> Young and old. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to have everybody's favorite meal. Everybody's favorite everything. Yeah. Since I finally got my husband to do it. And he was like... Uh, because his... His brother uh, passed during the pandemic, and he was sitting in his chair. And he was real, he was a health nut. Um, he taught um, fitness and everything. And he passed in the chair, and he was like, oh, my God, um, you've been asking me to do this. And he didn't have anything in order. He was like, so, yes, I'm going to take care of this now. So I got him to do his. So I said, maybe if I can just get up and say, you know, look, here's my paperwork. Here's my daughter's paperwork. And here's my husband. I said, get your whole family to do their advanced directives. That's yes, yes, that's the word I was looking for. Oh, advanced director. Yes. Thank you. So that's what I'm going to do. Yep. got sick um, I have this really close friend that we actually ended up the four of us had dinner together the day that we found out he had stage four melanoma and um, during the, the whole dinner um, we'd just be chatting away about some different things and all of a sudden my friend would go it sucks <laughs> And it bring us all back, and we'd go, yeah, you know, it does. It really sucks. And so that became our code word, is anytime uh, I was in a situation like having to go to the emergency room with him or um, one time I had to take him. Actually, I was at U Hospital. I had to take him to get um, his heart monitored. Um, 
And while we were there, he was just, it was obvious there was something going on. And so I would text my friend, it sucks. And she would come, either come and be with me. And at that point at U Hospital was so good because I never would have found the emergency room from <laughs> trying to get from the cardiology department to the emergency room was horrible. Um, but I would, um, you know, other times I would, you know, just text her, it sucks, and she'd call me up right away. And, you know, no matter what she was doing. And that I just felt so loved for that, you know. And even after my husband passed away, the day, the day uh, he passed away, my kids were all coming home. And unfortunately, he died just before they all got home. And, um, but Dorothy showed up with groceries, you know. She knew that everybody was going to be home and knew that we had... She's also Polish like I am, so uh, <laughs> food's an important part of our lives. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so she, you know, brought, you know, casseroles and all kinds of stuff that my kids could just throw in the microwave. <laughs> you know, so, you know, that I just felt so taken care of by her. Um, yeah. You know, and still... Even now, we still are like that with we, each other. So it's just, it's fabulous to know that there's somebody that is just there for you. At this time, I just really feel that I'm being introduced to brand new experiences that are so, so, so gratifying and self, I'm becoming more self-aware. Um, and I told my children yesterday, if I leave this world now, I'm okay because they are adults and taking care of themselves and I don't feel that I can do anything for them other than to love them. So that's my long and twisted answer. <laughs> Zoe Lee, Monica Prince, Savannah Johnson, James Wolfort, Gwendolyn Copeland, Stephen Newsom, Matthias Nellums, Best Singer, and Catherine Coffey. Feeling small and like you aren't enough isn't just a malady for the young. What James said sounds very familiar. It's hard to look at someone else and imagine them having the same hypercritical narrator in their head that constantly asks, will you ever get it right? But the desire to be loved and the struggle for self-love doesn't have an age limit. The work of convincing yourself that you deserve to be loved, that you are loved, is never done. Every person you see around you has little cracks just beneath the surface to let some light in. So as the nights get longer and darker, we at Homebound encourage you to make that phone call, write that letter, schedule that long walk, 
fall in love with someone, something, yourself. Shine some light. The Homebound creative team includes mixer maestro Eric Erock Mini, conceptualizer and creative Jessica Decky Alexander, production savants Catherine Coffee Burns and Tyler Puff Calhoun, original music by Erock. Homebound Podcast is a project of Limelight, a little company focused on illuminating big ideas on the stage and through sound. This Homebound Podcast is generously funded in partnership with Generations United. Special thanks to Detroit Area Agency on Aging, Errol Pompey, Taylor Jones, Sherry Steinig, the Ypsilanti Senior Center, and Ryan Coffee Burns. To learn more about Homebound, go to limelightlive.org slash homebound.